Welcome to Leading with Intention with Monique Daniel. Over the next hour, you're going to learn how to lead more efficiently and effectively in a post-pandemic world where the workplace has changed dramatically. Now, here's Monique. Welcome. I'm so glad to have you listening in today. For those of you who are new to the show, I'm your host, Monique. And I really appreciate everybody's loyalty listening in. We are now being listened to in over 17 countries, which is very exciting. Our numbers continue to grow. So thank you very much for your loyalty and to helping helping us grow this platform. And if you are new to the show, you'll you'll maybe not know yet that this show is for leaders and for aspiring leaders giving them resources, tools, and strategies to do their job better. So my guests bring really informative topics, and they are the subject matter experts on those topics. So after the show, if you've listened live, it is also available on demand, and we are now set up on my website so that show notes can be uploaded onto the site, and they're there for you to download. You can get to those notes and all of that information by going to my website at mdconsultingglobal.com and clicking on the radio page, looking for the episodes and those that have show notes and tools and information for you to download are flagged. So those are all free to you. So please take advantage of that. We're continuing to try to improve the information that we bring to you so that you've got some really great takeaways. We have talked before on this show about employee engagement at work. Today, we're going to hear about the concept of loneliness and how it's contributing to disengagement at work. My guest today is Uni Turatini, a human connection expert. Uni is an author, speaker, and consultant she has law degrees from Norway, France, and the U.S. She's appeared on multiple media outlets such as ABC, the BBC, C-SPAN, the New York Post, and HuffPost, to name just a few. She helps leaders and teams cultivate connection to increase well-being, engagement, and productivity. Uni, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Monique. Well, thank you for being here. You know, we hear a lot about loneliness, but not really how it relates to employee engagement. How did you get into the work around human connection? Oh, uh, great question. That's a, it's a, it's, you know, it started actually more than a decade ago. Um, and I'll try to make it brief because this is kind of like unrelated to what I do now, but we have this horrific uh, mass shooting and mass killing here in Norway, where I live um, in, in 2011 by one man who killed 77 people in one day. And I don't know if you remember that, but it was, it was kind of all, all over the news worldwide. Yes. And mm-hmm. um, I do it remember was that. such, right. And it was yep. such a blow to my country. And I was living abroad at the time I was living in Switzerland and I, you know, this was really our 9-11. I was trying to call home and couldn't get through. The, the lines were saturated. You know, everything was sort of blocked and we didn't know what happened. And, you know, after, you know, when the dust sort of settled and, uh, you know, I started digging into trying to understand, like, how can this happen? Um, I had to know. I had to know how someone, how a young man who who looked like me, who came from the same background, who, you know, grew up a 20 minute drive from my house, how it could happen that someone like, like, like me could, you know, all of a sudden become a mass uh, shooter. So I started researching and this was at a time when I was actually not working. I, you know, I come from a, a law background, law and finance, and I had taken a break to be at home with my two small children. So I was at home. And so I thought I'd I had I had some time, so I started digging into um, these you know similar mass shooters, mass killers around the world, and what I found, Monique, was really astonishing. They all struggled with like one of the things that really stood out was their 
sort of lack of belonging. They didn't feel like they they had a place in our society. They were really struggling with loneliness and they try to connect with groups, even extremist groups, but even the extremists wouldn't have anything to do with them. So that's when I, and I, and I think what, what struck me with this loneliness that I, that I saw in these mass shooters was that I recognized myself in that because growing up, we moved around a lot because of my dad's work. And I, I always kind of felt like I was not part of, and I felt like I was on the outside looking in. So I recognized that feeling of loneliness. And that's when I really started researching um, human connection and loneliness. So did you find in your research that part of the reason why that tragedy happened was because that person was not accepted in a number of groups and that loneliness contributed to those behaviors? Absolutely. That was a big, big part of their drive toward extremism and violence. And, and now that, you know, we have more research now also on loneliness, not only my own, but also we have the U.S. Surgeon General talking about also how loneliness is contributing to, you know, our polarity in our society. And, and you know, they're sort of just barely touch, scratching the surface there, but there there definitely research that that is starting to come in now about how loneliness can drive people to to extremes. How would you define loneliness? Because, you know, we hear quiet time, me time, mm. solitude. And I don't know if all of that's the same as loneliness. Can you help us understand the, the description of loneliness? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that is a really important uh, part of the discussion and, you know, around loneliness is to understand what it is. Um, are traditional. If you look it up in the dictionary, loneliness is the is when you when you don't feel that you have your need for connection met, um, or that you are in an isolated place where you don't have access to people. That you know you know sort of social isolation. Um, but most people who struggle with loneliness today in our society, and we know that there are many, because um, I mean now the the most recent numbers um, from the U.S. Um, the U.S. Surgeon General just released an address before the summer in June, and he uh, announced there that half the U.S. population, half of the U.S., I mean, that is, you know, it's just tremendous, right? Um, half of the U.S. population is dealing with loneliness right now. And so we know that there are a lot of people. And I think that we are surprised by that number because we we look at loneliness as as something when is it as social same thing as social isolation but no we know now that most people who are lonely have people around them they have families they have friends they have colleagues and so the reason why um a lot of people don't know that they're dealing with loneliness um, is because loneliness can have other symptoms. You know, you yes, you feel unfulfilled. There's something missing there, but there's like a general feeling of emptiness. A lot of people can can feel sort of dissatisfied in their jobs. They can feel dissatisfied in in all like sort of their their they're in their connections with other people. Um, there's a lot of um, anxiety involved and depression. So there there are other um, things that can come up uh, that we don't necessarily uh, think of as loneliness, but that's what it boils down to. It's a, it's a really a lack of fulfilling um, connection with other people. Okay. And I'm so glad that you went into some of those symptoms because it sounds like it's this, it's this underlying empty feeling, this feeling mm -hmm. that something is missing, and then it can manifest as anxiety and depression. Yeah. And, and possibly other things too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of things that can manifest as anxiety and depression. So I suppose it's easy to get loneliness mixed up with other things. So do people really need to get a professional opinion to see if they really are suffering from loneliness or is it something else? It might be hard for even a professional to 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 recognize if this is loneliness or not, because I think what what is lacking from our conversation around loneliness and 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 human connection is is also the fact that loneliness is um, a, a lack of 
you know, it's it's a feeling of not being worthy of love and connection. So when someone says they're lonely, what that's what they're really saying. They're saying that they don't feel that they're worthy worthy of love and connection. And when you when the U.S. Surgeon General then says that we have a a an epidemic of loneliness, what he's really saying is that we have an epidemic of unworthiness. And this unworthiness, in in my what I've come to, what I found, you know, th- you know, through my own experiences and through researching this, is that this this unworthiness is really a disconnection from us from ourselves. And I think a lot of our even if we are dealing with anxiety and depression that may not be loneliness. I think it it often stems from a disconnection from ourselves. So when I work with people, when I work with leaders, with teams, that's what we always start with. We start with this uh, working with their reconnection to themselves. And that's something that we don't talk about enough, in my opinion. I'm so glad you brought that up. And it it, it ties in a little bit to some of my my personal work. Th- those who are listening and, and those who are clients of mine know that I have um, a childhood of trauma, a background mm-hmm. of being raised in trauma. And one of the symptoms of that is to become disconnected from yourself. And a yeah. lot of my personal work has been to learn how to reconnect with myself and to hold that connection so I I think it's really important that you brought that up and and we'll throughout the this show we'll get into you know your specific work with leaders but I love the fact mm-hmm. that you start with um, helping people understand how to connect with themselves that's that's just extremely important so thanks for bringing that up absolutely would you, would you say loneliness is an epidemic then you said I think you said fifty percent of people yeah. in the United States. So does that make Absolutely. it an epidemic? I mean, it's the fastest growing epidemic because it's it's you know the, the numbers are just in- increasing, and uh, and those are even those numbers are even you know before we ended the pandemic. So we know that a lot of people, probably a lot more people, are dealing with it now. Just because you know in the pandemic, we what happens when people are physically isolated is that then you know our the, the connections, you know, neuro connections in our brain, when we don't use a skill, we lose it. We know that with languages, right? Like if you, mm-hmm. like any of you like who, who took Spanish in school or, or German, I mean, I took German and, you know, I can't, I can't, you know, <laughs> I can't speak German. <laughs> Let's put it that way. And um, because I, I, I don't practice it. Right. And, um, and that's the same thing with social skills. So when we're out of that for a long while and we're working from home and we're not necessarily, you know, in rooms with people and 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 talking with people and and connecting socially, we lose that skill. Now, we can get it back, no problem, right? But, you know, it's it's harder to get back when we have been distancing for for a long time like we had. So, um so that means that a lot more people are struggling with disconnection and loneliness than than uh, and we know that also. I mean, the, the, also especially the increasing numbers in depression and anxiety um, now uh, are, is is a great indication that loneliness is on the rise. Do you think it's on the rise only in the United States or in other countries also? It's definitely on the rise everywhere. So it's not only in the United States. I think the United States, where we have pr- probably the most precise uh, numbers, because um, Cigna, the insurance company, had have done a great job uh, of um, of surveying this. So we, um, I think, we have more precise data probably in the United States than elsewhere. But I see and the it, same. I see the same thing in Europe. So I mean, okay, so yeah. Okay. So it's really, that's a shame that it's on the rise yeah. like that, which yeah. m- makes it even more important for people like you and the work that you do and working in the workplace with leaders. And from some of the work you've done, how do you think loneliness impacts leaders and workplaces? Yeah, that's a great question. It's something that I that I uh, really have thought a lot about because you know, at first I didn't, I didn't, I wouldn't have guessed that leaders struggled, right? Because leaders, we look at them as, as kind of like they have it all together. They, they, they're successful and everything looks, looks great on the outside. Everything looks good on paper. But what I think, and, and, and 
it was a great point that you mentioned that you experienced trauma in your childhood. And I think there's a certain degree of trauma that most people who are high achievers have. And I know I have this as well. Um, and so that, that makes us um, successful in life because we have this drive to prove that we are worthy, that we are enough. And, you know, for other people to realize that we are, and even like what we're really doing is to trying to prove that to ourselves. Right. And it's like this, this never enough cycle. And, um, and so that disconnection that comes from the disconnection that happens when we experience trauma that can lead to loneliness. And that's why, uh, loneliness is, and there was a, there was a survey, there was a study here in Norway, that recent study that showed that loneliness is actually, um, one of the top, um, I believe three struggles of leadership, like CEOs and leaders in Norway. So, and I believe that that, you know, if, if we have that here, uh, there's probably similar numbers, um, elsewhere as well. Right. And I I had no idea that it was up there in the top three it in your location. So yeah. I can only imagine what it what the statistics are here in the United States. Yeah. Well, that's just I'm and when we come back from break, you've got some other statistics to share that are also pretty incredible. Uh we're gonna pause here for a quick break. We've been talking to Uni Turatini about loneliness in the workplace, what it is, what the symptoms are. When we come back, we're going to dive into how to develop connection. We're going to talk about some of those statistics that Uni has and really things that leaders can do to start retaining talent in the workplace and reduce sick leave. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Are you ready to unlock your full potential as a leader? Look no further than MD Consulting. Monique Daniel, executive coach, best-selling author, and captivating public speaker, is here to guide you towards transformational success. With a global reach, Monique empowers executive leaders and HR professionals through engaging presentations at conferences, team-building activities, and industry gatherings. Monique's mission is clear, to revolutionize workplace behavior. She achieves this not only by coaching a diverse clientele, but also by educating corporate leaders through both virtual and in-person events. Well, thank you so much for being here to help us understand. As a recognized subject matter expert, Monique delves into crucial topics such as psychological safety, onboarding strategies, effective training methods, and mastering time management skills. Now for a great topic that we're going to delve into. Ready to learn more? Request Monique's Speaker One Sheet or secure her for an engaging speaking engagement by sending an email to monique at mdconsultingglobal.com. Don't miss this opportunity to elevate your leadership journey with Monique Daniel and MD Consulting. Unleash your potential today. Visit www.mdconsultingglobal.com or email monique at mdconsultingglobal.com to take the next step towards transformative leadership. MD Consulting, where success begins. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Welcome back to Leading with Intention with Monique Daniel. Have a question for Monique or her guests? Email Monique at Monique at MDConsultingGlobal.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. 
If you've just tuned in, we're here with Uni Turatini. Uni is a human connection expert who tackles the issue of loneliness in the workplace. We've been talking about what loneliness is, the symptoms, the impact of loneliness on individuals. So let's delve back into this topic and learn a little more about Uni and about how to create connections that will help you combat combat loneliness. Uni, can you tell us a little bit about your background? You talked about the research of your book and how you got into this field, but tell us a little bit about your background. You've got three law degrees. I find that really impressive. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm not sure that it's that it's really I like I you know, and I think that's you know, wanting this need, this drive to to prove to myself and the world and everyone and their mother that I am worthy, that I am enough, sort of, you know, drove me to because I always like I, you know, growing up, as I mentioned before, um, that I didn't really feel that I belonged. I didn't feel like I was part of uh, you know, society where I lived because we moved around um a lot as a when I was a, when I was a kid. And so that led me to, you know, constantly sort of change myself to fit in um, to my environment. And um, I, you know, I kind of lost myself. I disconnected from myself and I lost myself. And that, and I was, you know, I just, I started working really hard in school to get good grades. And then I worked hard to get into law school and to get good grades there too. And it was sort of like this, this, um, you know, striving and for uh, titles, degrees, and status. That was a big part of my life. And and that led me to um, to pursuing, you know, law degrees in different countries and, you know, becoming a member of the New York Bar. And then I worked, you know, inter internationally um, in law and finance uh, a great many years before I, I finally uh, stopped when, when my kids were small and then, you know, when I started researching this topic of, you know, loneliness and human connection, you know, through these mass killers, um, that's when I really pivoted. And I, you know, started uh, when I, when my book was published on these uh, mass killers, that's when I really got thrown into, you know, public speaking and doing other things and, and which eventually led me to what I do today, which is, you know, consultant consulting and, um, and executive coaching and speaking and writing. Yeah. I see. Okay. Well, you've had a fascinating journey, which sounds like it all started from, you know, the research of your book and then your, this desire to, to achieve. What would you say are some of the keys to connection? So, um, I, what I found is that we really need, there, there's certain elements that we all need to, uh, feel fulfilled in our, um, in our social uh, relationships, and so, or it just just feel, you know, successful as a human being, and uh, so the keys are, first of all, the connection that we need to have with ourselves. It starts there because if we if you're disconnected from yourself, it's almost impossible to have fulfilling to feel fulfilled in your relationship with other people. It is also impossible to actually feel fulfilled and to you know to really take any sort of joy in your accomplishments. That's at least what I found. I found myself feeling really empty and uh, like I had it all. And I couldn't really complain because I kind of had it all. I mean, I, you know, also had a great marriage and, you know, two small babies and, and, but I was still feeling really empty and, and miserable. And I didn't know why. So I had to like go on this journey with, you know, for myself. So the first point is connection, connection with you. And then because as we established um, before the break, that loneliness is a feeling of not being worthy of love and connection, we need to build self-confidence. And this is a really, really important part because uh, Monique, when, when, when you feel confident, you feel good about yourself, right? Like you feel like anything is possible. You feel empowered, um, but what's not possible to to feel when you when you are empowered and you and you are confident is to feel depressed at the same time right right 
And um, and this is really relevant today because d- we know that depression is on a rise and uh, both the UN and the World Health Organization have predicted that depression will be the number one cause of disability in the world by 2030. Oh wow. So yeah. So like I, what I say to, to my clients is that I don't care who you are, we all need to build confidence. So that's the second step. And then there's the, then there's a part which is so powerful, and that is contribution. So when we give of ourselves, it's, 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 it makes us feel like we're valuable. It makes us feel good about ourselves. And what happens also when we when we give, when we help someone else, we feel like we matter. We we um, we feel a sense of belonging, and that sense of belonging. Is, is felt as much in the giver as in the receiver. So as a receiver, a lot of times, especially I know that, you know, especially, you know, people like me who are high, high achievers um, and overachievers, we tend to not uh, receive very well. Like we, like we're like, we have this like thing that we have to manage and do everything by ourselves, but it's, it's important to remember that when you allow someone else to help you, then you are actually giving them a gift because you're giving them that gift of feeling like they matter, right? So contribution is an important part. And then the last part is the connection that you have with other people, the relationships, right? Because relationships are the foundation for communication, for conflict resolution, and for all the happiness that we can experience um, in our life. And the relationship, the thing, what's important with, with this, with the connection with other people, it is to create relational energy, which is really just the energy that is created in every single social interaction. And what's interesting here, Monique, is that it's not really um, necessary for these relationships to be very profound and deep. And it doesn't have to be like your best friend. This can be uh, a relationship, somebody that, that you meet in the hallway, someone that you're you're sharing the elevator ride with. And, you know, it's, it, it can be really sh- brief, but if you have just you know a few kind words from someone or someone shares your posts on social media or you know it can be very little but these um little things that we can do for each other in our daily lives just give someone you know your undivided attention for 30 seconds can can make the day for someone else and so i think that you know by knowing that there's very little that we can you know there's it takes very little to create relational energy and to really build connection with other people, there's so much more we can do, especially in the workplace. So how can these techniques, these four techniques you've mentioned, you know, that builds connection, how does that help to reduce sick leave, to, you know, reduce uh, or retain talent? How can that be applied in the workplace? Yeah, absolutely. And, um, I mean, the statistics are, you know, just to to just mention that are really staggering. I mean, um, 79% of, of employees everywhere in the world are disengaged at work, meaning, wow. and, and, you know, they're just not, you know, completely there. And 40% are unhappy in their jobs. And I believe it's about, I think it's 51% are actively looking to change jobs. So we know that people in general, and knowing also that we spend most of our waking hours at work, that's a lot of unhappiness, right? Right. And we also know that people who are really happy in their um, connections at work, they tend to stay. They are. Ha- we know they are happier. We know they're more motivated. We know they're more engaged. And uh, a study that came out of uh, MIT, uh, I think about a, maybe a, a year and a half ago, um, it showed us that the relationships that we have in the workplace are 10 times as important as salary when it comes to when people decide if they're going to stay or leave. Wow. So that is such an important point um, to, and this is where we have the, 
really an opportunity in the workplace to do so much better because it doesn't have to cost the organization a lot to do this. But the upside is just, you know, almost unlimited. And, you know, you you asked, you know, what can we do in the workplace? So, for example, this is one of the, you know, simplest tools that I give to um, the organizations that I that I help is to just implement and have like on the, let's say the Monday morning weekly team meeting. You have a, you have your team there and then you have one person in the team share something about themselves that most people don't know. And it can be anything, small, big, doesn't, doesn't really matter. And then, and it, the whole thing doesn't have to take more than 10 minutes. You know, you know, they, they share and then everyone in the, in the group get to give feedback to that person. And what, what happens when we do this, um, is that even the people, the shyest people, the people that never sort of contribute to a discussion, who sort of always hold back, those people, the introverts, they're usually have a lot to say. They usually have a lot of value to bring to the table. Even those people start speaking up more, uh, speaking up more. Because what happens when we do this exercise is that we get out of our comfort zones a little bit and everyone gets a little vulnerable and everybody, you know, like it's, it's this sharing of, of our, of our lives from our lives. And usually, even if we all have different lives and different details, we can relate to each other's stories. So those little, that little share every week is, is, can make a huge difference. So it's the, the act of trying to relate to someone, like mm-hmm. maybe finding a commonality or something yeah. that someone's interested in that starts to spark that connection. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. That's part of it. And then there's the fact that when you know a little bit about another person, your colleague, because in, in, you know, usually we're so busy at work and it's kind of hard to find time to share, right? And especially with, you know, working remotely, like a lot of people are still doing today, even if it's, you know, part-time remotely, but we, we have less occasions to sort of just hang out by the coffee machine, right? So, um, and to go for, to go for lunch together. So, um, so having those moments when we get to share, because that's what we're supposed to do, it's part of our job to share a little bit, you know, about ourselves, that also gives other people the opportunity to, to sort of follow up on that and say, well, hey, you know, I heard, you know, like your cat was sick. How is, how is she doing? You know, and just like have, like start having little conversations that again, create relational energy. You mentioned introverts. Is there any data about introverts and connection or introverts and loneliness? I haven't been able to find any um, any data that uh, supports that maybe introverts or extroverts are more lonely um, or need more connection uh, than than other uh, other people. I think the, the the biggest difference between an extrovert and an introvert, by the way, I do believe that I think people are a little bit of both. I, I don't, mm. you know, it's very rare to see someone who is only one thing, right? I mean, I'm probably an extroverted introvert, right? And, you know, so, so you know, I think we are a little bit of both. But in general, um, the difference between an introvert and extrovert is that it's how we recharge our batteries. So as an introvert, I actually need to retract myself. I need to be alone. I need to go for a, for a walk in the forest. That's because that's how I recharge my batteries. I don't recharge my batteries when I go to a party with lots of people, whereas an extrovert, that's probably where he will recharge his batteries because he's out there. He's like, you know, small talking and meeting all these amazing people. And, and then he come, you know, comes home and he feels amazing right? That's not usually my case, although I can also have a really good time at a party, but I tend to feel a little tired afterwards. So that's really the difference between the two. Now, uh, but our need for a connection is exactly the same, extroverts or introverts. And what I think is important here to, to, to know is that there are three levels of connection that we all need. The first one is the, the intimate uh intimate connection, which is typically a spouse or a best friend or someone very close to us. And then the next level is the social connections or, you know, which is, 
you know, typically wider social um, network and colleagues. And then we have the the societal connection, which is the, the feeling that you belong in our world, the feeling that you belong in your country. And so we need all three of these connections, whether you are an introvert or an extrovert. Well, I'm definitely, definitely with you on, you know, what an introvert needs to recharge because I am a self-proclaimed introvert and I also need to recharge my batteries with alone time. I need solitude. I need quiet time. And I once had a therapist tell me that that meant I was lonely. And Hmm. I I didn't know a whole lot about loneliness at that time, but I intuitively knew that I was not lonely. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And now that you've given us the symptoms, I definitely know I was not lonely. Um, So, so yeah, I think there's a big misconception about introverts and that just because introverts enjoy solitude and quiet time, that that means they're automatically suffering. Absolutely. That is such a great point. And thank you for raising that because, you know, we can be lonely and, you know, being alone and being lonely. These are two different things. You can be alone and perfectly happy. And even extroverts can be alone and perfectly happy. So, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's really about, um, that sense of, of that we are lacking connection and that there's something missing from our lives. That's when we, you know, that's when we know that we're dealing with something else than just, you know, being um, socially isolated. Right. Right. Well, we're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about cultivating connection at work and some of the pitfalls that leaders can avoid. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. At MD Consulting, Executive Coach Monique Dagneau provides executive coaching to leaders struggling with workplace challenges and pain points. Unlike other coaching companies that use a Band-Aid approach, we have a specific set of tools and processes to thoroughly root cause and unpack a client's challenges. Our specialized method helps you implement measurable and sustainable solutions to enhance your leadership skills and develop your team. Visit www.mdconsultingglobal.com to book a complimentary breakthrough session. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to Leading with Intention with Monique Daniel. Have a question for Monique or her guests? Email Monique at Monique at MDConsultingGlobal.com. Now, back to the show. Well, welcome back. Thanks for staying with us as we explore this really fascinating topic of loneliness. We're here with Uni Tartini, a human connection expert, and we've been talking about what loneliness is, what some of the symptoms are, a couple things that leaders can do in the workplace to try to cultivate connection. Uni, can you say a little bit about the behaviors that someone might display if they are lonely? Thank you, Monique, for for asking that question. That's a really good point, and something that I think you know leaders and and you know we, that we should look for, especially in the workplace. And so, typically, when someone is feeling lonely or disconnected, they disengaged. They will not reach out. They will not try to you know. They will not contribute as much. Um, they can also feel and look bored. Um, there's you know. Also, loneliness, if it lasts for a long time, which uh, typically happens, it starts to affect our physical health, our mental health. So you will see that lonely people have more sick leave, 
than than you know people who are not dealing with loneliness and um they tend to be you know have a you know be depressed or have anxiety and and all sorts of sort of yeah so they will retract because what happens when we feel lonely is is even though it's it's counterintuitive and you'd think that somebody who's lonely will reach out more what happens is we reach out less we retract we go into ourselves and and which of course is the, it's a vicious cycle but i think that's important to look for and knowing that you know such a huge part of employees are disengaged in the workplace and you know 79% and 40% are unhappy at work i think there's you know looking for those signs is really crucial you mentioned one of the activities that can take place in a team meeting to try to cultivate connection what else can leaders do to facilitate connection you know with their teams or what can teammates do amongst themselves do you have other tips I think uh, one of the things that um, an organization can put in place is mentorship, um, especially in large organizations. Uh, a lot of people don't know each other, and and what I get from from my clients uh, these days is that you know they they call me and they tell me, Uni, can you come help us? Like we don't know who we are anymore as an organization. We've sort of lost our culture. Like we don't like we don't we have so many new employees, and they don't know us, and we don't know them. So how can we sort of, you know, reconnect here? Um, so I think um, having a mentorship uh, program where every single person in the organization is part of that. So everyone is a mentor or a mentee. I think that is a really um, great solution. And I think there's another um, thing to to also, what I see as, as one of the pitfalls is that leadership, um, they kind of just take connection for granted. They think that, oh, we just leave that up to everyone and just like do what they need to do to connect. That doesn't work. Connection is like a muscle. It's a skill. So we need to actually learn tools on how to how to connect better with, with ourselves and other people. And so we need a top-down approach. And leadership needs to start and and also do training connection training for the leadership because that trickles down into the organization. So we need to start at the top. You said something really important about the mentorship program, and that's really about increasing your network yeah. in the workplace. And a lot of clients that I work with, we work on how to increase their, their network, how to get more visibility in the workplace. And I find it very interesting that many people will say, well, I don't really like to network. I just like for those relationships to kind of happen organically, like just if it happens, it happens. And the thing is, as you're saying, if you don't have that muscle developed to connect, it's not going to happen organically. You know, That's people right. will mm -hmm. automatically kind of shy away from connecting or networking or finding a mentor because they they don't know how to do it. They haven't had practice doing it. And it's really uncomfortable for people to do it. And you've got to get out of your comfort zone to, you know, to start flexing that muscle, right? So it's it's really important what you said about the whole, you know, connecting yeah. internally through the mentoring. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that's a great point because we do like it is uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And especially if you are feeling disengaged and you lack motivation and you feel kind of like you know, you don't feel like reaching out to anyone, you know, like it's not going to happen. So if you're not sort of put into a system where this is what we do here, you know, this is how we, this is how the whole organization works. Um, connection is part of our, our, our that core value in this organization, then it's not going to happen. So, and we know that. So um, leaving it up to the individual is, is the, you know, the worst approach mm -hmm. to this, um, you know, and it's not that hard to do something about. Right, right. And I think that's where it goes back to the leader, like the top down, the leader has to be able to be an advocate for these things, encourage these things, get their people set up for mentorship, Yeah. Um, get their people networking, 
and doing informational interviews within the organization where they're just kind of circulating and meeting with people and getting to know them and things like that. And it's good for, it's just good for their career to be doing that and to be open and be visible. So there's not too many ways they can go wrong with doing something like that. Um, But you mentioned a pitfall. What are some other pitfalls that leaders should avoid? So there's, um, you know, another pitfall is not, I think it's really about not having the, not knowing really what loneliness is and the potency for connection. Because um, so we have the top-down approach that we need and knowing that connection is a muscle that we actually need to practice and, and maintain and um, and also prioritizing connection to the self and what organizations and leaders can do. And this is also something that is quite easily um, implemented is to facilitate you know, exercises, some training on how to connect with the self what I do when I work with organizations is that we we work on meditation, we work on simple movements, we work on you know breath work exercises, and what's great about these these exercises is it doesn't have to take long. It can be five ten minutes in the morning, you know, as you start your day, and if everyone gets a little you know um, MP3 uh, track that they can listen to, or you know something like they just do that you know as part of their you know getting to to work before they get their coffee or after they get their coffee. It's it's really easy and it makes a huge difference in the day uh, for everyone involved, everyone at the company. And we know that also when people are lonely and are disengaged, that affects the whole workplace. So if we can you know easily turn that around, there's only upside, right? People who are connected with themselves and others are more productive, they're more efficient, they're more satisfied and also have you also have less turnover and fewer sick days, you know, not to mention they are better able to handle stress. You know, I find that in companies right now, there's a huge lack of psychological safety, Yeah, which ties into trust. Can you say a little bit about how trust is relevant to connection? Like what's the, how the two of those tie in? Trust and connection go hand in hand. Uh, when we don't trust ourselves or each other, uh, there is no psychological safety. And we, when we don't feel safe uh, in our, you know, in our workplace, we do not reach out. We do not share. You know, we like that. You know, we just that's uh, you know the, um, the the this this fastest way to disaster is distrust. So we absolutely need to build trust. And that is a step, step-by-step step process. Building trust, if if there is no trust, you know, building that again is about, again, leadership showing by example, showing vulnerability, taking responsibility for their mistakes, apologizing, you know, showing that this is an organization, it's okay if you do your best and you make mistakes, we all make mistakes, even leadership makes makes mistakes. So by showing that this is um, an organization where we where we want you to do your best, we want you to take certain amount of risks and it's okay to make mistakes. Um, that is, it's, you know, it's an important step. And, and this, you know, it really starts by leadership. Those are some really important things you just mentioned that actually don't take a lot of time. They don't cost money. Yeah. Apologizing, taking responsibility, being vulnerable, showing yeah. vulnerability. I I had one leader who received the results back from a 360 assessment that was mm-hmm. done on her. And I was so impressed that she decided to share the results with her team. Yeah. And let them know what she was going to be working on, what would, what her action plan would be, what she'd be working on in coaching with me. And I really had to commend her because that's a huge act of vulnerability is letting people know what everyone else said about you, yeah. <laughs> you know, throughout the company. So I think what you said makes so much sense and it's, it's hard to do, but it's simple and it's a step-by-step process to be vulnerable in small ways and then to work up to it. And I think it does build uh, or contribute to building 
trust and that psychological safety. Absolutely. And we know that there is this empathy gap, right? In in most organizations, we know that, which meaning that um, leaders, they often think, you know, and I think believe like 90, 97% of leaders believe that they are running an empathetic organization. And there's a lot less of the employees that believe the same thing. So in that same organization, so there is a gap there, right? And by um, by leaders like that example that you mentioned, I think that's extraordinary um, and takes a lot of courage. But we also know that when you, as a leader, contrary to what leaders, most leaders think, um, when you do share something vulnerable, then people do not lose respect for you. They actually right. have more respect for you and they trust you more. So right. that's again, again, it's, it's, you know, beneficial to the organization and to everyone involved. Uni, I would love for you to tell our listeners how they can find out about you and this amazing work you've been doing, the book you've written based on, you know, such in-depth research, which got you started in all of this. Where can they find out about you? Oh, thank you so much for asking that. So I uh, have a website. I'm actually, my name is qu quite unusual. I'm the only one in the world with my name. So it's U N N I and then last name Turretini, which is T U R R E T I N I. And if you just Google my name, you will get to my website and all my social media. I'm on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. And, um, and, uh, please contact me there. I'd love to connect. Uh, or through my website, you can contact me through my website, and um, and also I have some some free resources that people can can get as well to um, to help um, reconnect when they're feeling uh, disconnected. And uh, I also have um, you know yeah different resources for companies or for individuals. So please reach out. I'd love to connect. And also my and, books are also on my website. So uh, yeah. that's what I was going to say next. Okay, <laughs> great, great. And Uni is going to be sending some resources that you can yeah. download from my website, things that she's talked about today and tips to uh, tackle loneliness, tips for leaders. And you can also get to my website at mdconsultingglobal.com. And there is my blog that you can subscribe to, my social media I have a resource page also with resources for leaders. And then there is the radio page where you can get to all of these past episodes and download all of the, the show notes and things like that. So please take advantage of that. I would like to invite you all to drop back in again next week to listen live, or if you miss it, definitely the on-demand version. And thank you again for keeping our ratings so high. I'm glad you're enjoying the content. So until we meet again next week, don't forget to lead with intention. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Leading with Intention. Our intention is that you walk away from this show today with new tools, techniques, and insights that help you lead more effectively and have greater impact within your company. Until we talk again, have a great week.